What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 13 of the All Day Cincinnati Sports Podcast. This is your podcast for everything Cincinnati sports. Today we have a nice episode as we're going to talk about the Bengals game versus the Saints in week six of the NFL season. We're going to preview it. Uh, me and Donnie are going to give you our expertise, thoughts, and opinions on this topic. And uh, we're going to just let you know what we think about the game, uh, what we think is going to happen, and give you some keys and players to look out for and everything. But first off, I want to get into the injury report for this game, so I'm going to pull it up right now. Uh, we're going to talk about it. And, uh, yeah, that's really it, Donnie. So let me pull it up for us. So for the Bengals, uh, we got Lyle Collins not practicing, but that's just rest, of course. Like, he's been pretty much all season. Um, T. Higgins' ankle did not practice once again yesterday. A little worried about that as a lot of people, like myself, I gambled on T. Higgins last weekend. A lot of people did as well, and a lot of people were pissed off about that shit. Zach Taylor played him 10 snaps. I get we want him healthy, but that was a little a little pissed off about that. But we need T. Higgins. We saw what the offense yeah. is when he's not on the field, so we need him back this week. Um, Jonah Williams with the knee did not practice. Devin Asiasi, uh, he was limited. Hayden Hurst was limited, but Hayden Hurst was limited last week with the groin as well, so I don't think anything's too serious on that. And then Samaj P. Ryan limited as well, but don't think anything's too serious with that. Yep. Yeah, it sounds like sounds like there isn't a ton to those that were limited. So hopefully they should all be good to go. The Saints injury report's a lot more concerning for them, though. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Olave, that injury last week was scary. Yeah, that was – I'm not sure if he'll play. I don't – I mean, shit, dude looked like he – Dude looked like he just straight up was out for longer than just a split second. Like he was, that was nasty. Yeah. Uh, when I saw that originally, I, yeah, I was a little bit scared for a second. It looked kind of like what happened when players have gotten paralyzed in the past in terms of he just looked like he couldn't move anything. But luckily it's not as serious as it looked on TV at the time. And yeah. he'll recover and everything and be okay. Yeah, yeah, that's <clears throat> and if he can't play this weekend, like Michael Thomas isn't practicing, their original reports were that he'd be good to go, but now it's looking less likely. Lattimore Landry's didn't practice. not practicing, Landry's not practicing. Um, it just Taysom Hill was limited, Marcus May was limited, like these uh, Jameis Winston may not be playing. Like, this is a lot of dudes that are super <laughs> inter- integral I, I, to what they do. I feel like Hill's limited literally just because he needs some rest, like shit, after last week. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's more what it is with Taysom Hill. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's more what I think it is with Taysom Hill. Uh, Jameis, I don't know if he's going to play. I've been hearing like it's more likely right now that Dalton will play. If he plays, I mean, shit, Andy Dalton revenge game. He's just going to wherever has the Bengals on the schedule in the NFC every year. Whatever freaking team plays the Bengals, he's headed there. And he's become the new Fitz magic. Like if Dalton's your backup, you better mm-hmm. be terrified. Like yep. he's gonna you're gonna get hurt. Like shit. On the con it's it's the opposite of the Tyrod Taylor effect where if he's your starter, you better be ready to go in. Yeah. Um but if Andy Dalton plays, like I guess third time's the charm. Like the Bengals haven't beaten him yet, <laughs> even though he's gotten the Bengals plenty of L's. Um they 
the, what the Saints do is different too, depending on who's playing, because Dalton's a little more limited and Jameis is more YOLO, just doing whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, so it, I think that's it's tougher to practice for not knowing who's going to play because they run kind of different systems. Like Taysom gets more run if if Dalton's playing than if Winston's playing, and you got to worry more about the deep shots and stretching the defense if Winston's playing. Like, you know, it's it's I think it's an underrated part in this because there's a, there's a real chance Winston plays, but if Dalton plays, like at least you've already played him twice in the last two years. Quick question for uh, the Saints. Uh, coaching staff out there. Why does Taysom Hill not get more touches like on a regular basis? It makes no sense. I love Every time he gets the ball, he scores a touchdown inside the 10-yard line. Like, I swear to God. I love how this narrative has flipped, though. Like, the last, like, two, three years, everybody's like, what does he have on Sean Payton? Like, why does he keep playing him? Like, well, like what is all this? And then now it's after one after the game against Seattle, it's, man, they need to play more. He's super good. And oh, I've always, out there. I've always thought – the uh the first thing like i've always or the latter sorry the second thing i've always thought he should play more honestly like the dude like is a beast as a runner not more like yeah i don't think he should play more like (laughs) tight end and all that but like as a runner just like a wildcat quarterback especially they don't have elite quarterback play but like as a wildcat quarterback in the red zone i don't know why they they don't go to him every time like honestly it would be like it'd be something like um the giants are doing with barkley almost this year where they're just trying to get the ball just straight into his hands. Don't worry about it. Remove the other, the other step. Danny dimes his hand off. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think, I I think we could definitely see him in this game. Like that's the one real weakness. The Bengals defense has showed is these, these trick plays. And that was against the Steelers. Yeah. So if you can, if you can run Taysom out there instead of, you know, Mitch Trubisky, I think you've got, just as good a chance of succeeding, especially when the weapons are better. Quick question, uh, randomly off that: Are the Steelers the worst team in the NFL? And we lost to uh, them. Are the Panthers? Panthers. Yeah, like, yeah, because the Texans aren't really that bad. They've been close in every game. Like they really aren't that bad, and they won a game against the Jaguars this last week. But they they're really not that bad, honestly. They they compete and they're close in a lot of games. Um, yeah. Unless they're the 49ers. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it Steelers are rough. I don't even uh, – that loss is going to stink for a while. But, man, yeah, that's I just, just rough. I think, if, I think it's – actually looking back on it, I think it screwed up a lot because Burrow wasn't zeroing in on Chase that first half and threw a ton of picks. The offensive line got manhandled and it looked like everything regressed. Like yeah. honestly, I think that's I think that first half screwed up a lot of what we were supposed to see this year. Probably, honestly. And now they're just recovering, but it is going in the right direction still. But um yeah, for the Saints, you got any players that you like think uh are gonna be a big threat in this game could actually do something because a lot of their key players are all hurt. So for me at least, yeah. the only thing I'd say the Bengals really have to key on, they need to stop the run. If they can stop yeah. Kamara and make Andy Dalton or Jameis throw it 35 times, then I think the Bengals are going to be in a good spot because both of them are tend to know, known to tend to throw an interception if they're trailing mm-hmm. and have to force something. So if they yeah. can make them play from behind, they're likely going to throw a pick or make a mistake. Yeah. I remember what, what was it? Jameis's 30, 30 season where there were actually Vegas bets on whether he'd throw an interception before one Oh five Eastern. 
Like it, <laughs> like he's. You're right. If they can zero in on Kamara, if all three of those receivers are at least limited, they can't just throw right away. Like they have to try to ease them into the game just to keep them fresh throughout. Um, so I think you're. I I would agree with you there. If they can just key on Kamara and lock him down, not well, it's Alvin Kamara. As much as you can lock Alvin Kamara down, then I think they're in great shape because, like you said, those two will make mistakes if they're behind. That's just what they do. That's what they've done their whole career. Jameis, you don't even need to be behind. He'll he'll just make a mistake unprompted any time in the game. Yeah, and Andy, the thing is, if he gets a lead and gets comfortable, we all, from years we know. When Dalton's comfortable, mm-hmm. he's a really good quarterback. So just don't mm-hmm. let him get going and get comfortable. Because if he never gets a, a, any type of groove going, he's going to be awful the whole game. And that's yeah. just like what we know from Andy Dalton. But if he gets a groove going, a rhythm going early, like he could have a really efficient good day and he could beat the Bengals. Because the Saints, we all know, are well coached. Even without Sean Payton, they're a really well coached, really good organization. They're not going to quit. They're going to fight. They're not going to end up with five wins this year, in my opinion. They're going to end up middle of the pack. It's not like we're playing a bad team this week by any means. They just are limited and on a talent standpoint. They have a lot of talent on defense, but offensively, they're limited. Yeah, and I agree with that. They've looked the, – the coaching really hasn't been the issue for them this year. Part of its injuries, part of its quarterback play. Um, it part of it's a tough schedule so far, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Their schedule has been difficult. The London game was, is tough for anybody. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the other, the other thing I want to watch though is on offense is just how does this offensive line hold up with the pass pressure? Like I haven't gotten to watch a ton of saints this year, but I think playing off that Khmer thing, if you can drop the run game or knock it down a peg where they have to pass it, if you can pin your ears back, are they going to be able to get to Dalton and Winston like they have been the other quarterbacks they've, they've faced? Yeah, I, I think I think they will. If I had to bet, I think they'll be able to get some pressure on, on Winston and them. I, I, I really do. Um Trey Hendrickson revenge game nobody's talking about. You know, Trey Hendrickson might have some extra motivation. They didn't want to pay him, so maybe Trey Hendrickson wants to go and uh, whoop ass on his old team. Yeah, part of that elite offseason two years ago. <laughs> there, two, there's a lot. Yeah, two, literally. Yeah, that. Two offseasons ago. So, did you see William Jackson wants to be traded like, yeah. from Washington? Like, that's maybe the heist of last off the offseason before this one. Where like they let him walk in, signed to Wuzier and Hilton with the money they were going to use on Jackson. Yeah, literally. Like, talk about Got a hell of a trade. Yeah, but um, and Wuzier is a better corner at this point than William Jackson. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah, but um, that's another another. Speaking of corners, that's another one I want to watch is Lattimore. Um, Chase. They they need to use him more creatively. And how does Lattimore affect that? Like, is he going to limit what they're going to be able to do with Chase? Or is Chase good enough to, like, to force the issue? Like, is, is he in the right headspace to do that? Like, is because he seems like he's getting frustrated a little bit with the, the way he's being used to, like, are they going to try to change that this game? Or are they just going to, you know, is Lattimore going to force some another, another long day for Chase? Yeah, I want to see Chase – 
just get some separation down the field and finally him and Burrow connect down the field. Because Chase has legitimately been a Juju Smith-Schuster dink-and-dunk receiver this year. Like, yeah. actually, like, yeah. he really has been. Ten yards a catch compared to 18 last year, that's an insane drop-off. Yeah, it's – part of it is the, is the zone, um, you know, because you just can't take those deep shots when there's safety help everywhere. Um, but another part is he's basically screens are outside the numbers. Like, he's not – he's not getting a lot of middle – excuse me, middle of the field targets. Yeah, so, he really isn't. He's not creating separation in the middle of the field. He's not really yeah. open in the middle of the field. Yeah. The one time they tried to go to him, like, inside the numbers in, a like, an intermediate area against Baltimore, it was a pick. So yeah. you, I think they might try to move him to the slot to get him away from Lattimore. Um, but if, if he has to play on Lattimore, like, are we going to see him be able to use the, the middle of the field? So I think that's an important injury to keep an eye on. I'd like to uh, I'd like to see the Bengals be a little more creative in their uh, their passing attack versus the zone. We've talked a lot about like their running attack being more creative and play action and everything. I'd just like to see some more creative routes and everything and a more creative scheme against the zone defense because you can open stuff up against the zone down the field and stuff, but you got to have decoys. You got to have people running routes in different areas to get the safety the key on them, and then it'll free somebody up. And I'd like right. to just see a more creative passing attack out of the zone. Yeah, and I think part of that's the con the the pass attack they, against the zone. The part of it is the route concepts that they run. I think part of it's the blocking that they're not totally comfortable with it yet. Because they the pressure to, rate here. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say because the pressure rate is still like it's lower, but they're just not getting. They're just not sacking Burrow at the same mm -hmm. rate. And then Burrow's just got to be better against the zone too. Like he. They played a lot of man in cover one, cover zero, whatever last year, and he got really good at attacking it. Just he's still, I think he's still working his way, working his way through zones and how to read and attack them. And then, like I think he said on Coward's show, like we talked about to him on his weekly interview with Coward earlier in the week, where he talked about he was still getting the strength back. So, uh, you can go ahead. Um, I was about to, I was about to reference uh, the Cowherd podcast as well with something else. He talked about how everybody's playing them zone and stuff, and how they keep taking like four or five drives, and they get in a hole because they're taking four or five drives to get anything going. And I think that's because they're coming out with a scheme that's like four against a man defense and everything, and they're not coming out with a zone yeah. passing attack. And then they have to adjust mid game. I'd like to, them to see just off the gates come out with a different scheme and a different game plan that can help them just get going early. Yeah. At the and the the issue hasn't even as much been the first quarter. Like they're better in the first quarter this year than they were last year, but they are so much worse in the second and third quarters than they were last year. Like it's ludicrous. Um, but you're right, they do need to still get off to faster starts because they're averaging like five points a first quarter which amazingly is still better than last year. So you're right. Starting out fast, coming out with a better game script, like do what you do at halftime, but before the game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just do that. Just yeah. do that. Because you know they're going to come out in zone. You know they are. Yeah, and then all your man stuff that you have for, uh, that you have in the game script will open up later in the game because they'll be forced to run man because they're going to be behind. And Burrow talked about that as well, how – Defenses are just able to sit in soft zone because they're never trailing, really. So the Bengals are always the one coming back. 
And he mm-hmm. talked about how in the Jets and Dolphins game, stuff opened up down the field because they were in man, because they were forced to go into press coverage and it helped their offense open up down the field. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I really don't think that they're able to hit T Higgins over the top against Xavier and Howard if they're not leading or if they're not at least close at that point, like, that's where that opens that stuff up. That's the play that you can zero in on and say, this is what happens when we're at least close with them. They were they up have at the to time. Bring pressure. They were up. Okay. They were, it was so, seven, six. Yeah. They were up okay. seven, six. Yeah. So that's close. Yeah. Still. But when they, they have to bring pressure, at least they can, and you have to press, like that's what can happen. Like you've got two freaks on the outside, like Jamar Chase and T Higgins are two of the best jump ball receivers or T Higgins is one of the best jump ball receivers and hit chase is one of the best at deep separation in the league. Like you have those two at your disposal, just figure out a way to be able to use them late in games. That's when you can throw the dagger shot. Don't worry about getting man coverage in the game script. Worry about getting it in the late game because you know, you can win that way. You literally just went to the Super Bowl off that concept. Literally. literally. And I just think they need to watch film from last year and just see what they did and how they attack things and be like, okay, that, that worked. Maybe I, we should try that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they almost like have been trying to like be too different than stuff they that has worked in the past and it's not working. And Yeah. They, part of it, I feel like is there. I, I think a lot of it goes back to your game script comment. Like they're just not, they're not coming out right. They're coming out against the, thinking they're going to see different coverages than what they are. And I feel like you're at like, the, I feel like they're at the point of this as a staff where that shouldn't be a problem. Like they've been here. This is their fourth season, right? Like they, they should be further. They shouldn't still be having this bad start. I'd, I'd like to this weekend, see the Bengals attack with the run game um, more than they did last week. Cause honestly, last week they should have ran the ball much more because it was the most effective like their running game was averaging more yards per per attempt than the yeah. pass game was. It was um, their yeah. more effective way to move the ball, honestly. And I think Joe Mixon could tear up the Saints defense. Because as we know, I think it might have been two years ago, either last year or two years ago. I think it was both years, honestly. The Saints defense was the best rushing uh, rushing defense in the NFL. They were giving up like no yards on the, in the run game. It was really hard to run on them. This year, it's a whole different story. Um, yeah. Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker carved them up last week. Christian McCaffrey carved them up. Dalvin Cook had a solid day. Everybody's been carving them up in the run game. And I think the Bengals could definitely do that. I could see Mixon having a hundred yard day today or day on Sunday. Yeah. If they stick with the run game. Yeah. And if they just keep doing what you did last week, like the, the blocking, the run blocking last week was so much better than it has been. There were actually holes. Joe Mixon yeah. saw something. <laughs> and he was able to like get out and not like if he can limit the opportunities there that um whoever the defense is has to tackle him because he's at this point he's just not good at breaking tackles. That's just not him. So if he can avoid those situations and just like, you know, do do the little jump out that we've seen time and time again and avoid that shit, like that's part of that's blocking. Like you need to limit the amount of people in his way so he can make those cuts because that's what he's really good at. Yeah, he's good at um, setting up going one way and then cutting it back the other way real quick and then yeah. getting to the outside. That's what he does best is bounces stuff to the outside, take an inside carry, bounce it to the outside. Yeah, 
So that's why like I'd call him an elusive running back, even though he's not great with breaking tackles, because you're right, he just sets up the defender so well in space. If he can just break and break like an arm tackle, usually he's getting, you know, at least first down. Yeah, he's definitely even though he's like kind of a bigger back, he's definitely more of a elusive runner than like a physical trucking back or anything. Even yeah. though he's much more of a even though he's not a big runner or even though he's more of a bigger running back, he's really not that physical in terms of like well, he's physical in terms of he runs hard 24-7, but in terms of he's not the trucking back. He's not gonna stiff arm anybody like Derrick Henry. Yeah, he's not not Derrick Henry, yeah. But he'll make you miss in the open field. So Yeah, he's he's more of like he, he's like a Zeke. Like they have a similar yeah. running style, definitely. I was gonna think Zeke, maybe a bigger Austin Eckler is more of their running style. Yeah. That I've seen. So yeah, I, I agree with you though. Um Mixon should have a huge day on the ground. Like he maybe not five point six yards of carry, like that's on par with the Browns run game and Nick Chubb. And they've got a better offensive line, a better run scheme and Sorry, Mixon. I think Chubb's a better running back. Yeah. But yeah, if he, he should be at like four and a half yards carry, definitely Sunday with, with a couple big runs. Probably, t- I'll say he should have at least two 10 plus yard runs. Just, but he should just be constantly gaining four yards, six yards, five yards, you know, just, just make the, make first down efficient. <laughs> that, that's what yeah. I think he's, that's what I think he'll be able to do on Sunday. And, and get P. Ryan five to six, uh, Mm-hmm. Rush attempts as well. I think they should do. Yeah. Get Mixon his sixteen to twenty. Get Pirine his five, and Burrow throw the ball thirty to thirty-five times, and that'll be a complete balanced offense that made the Bengals great last year. And I'd love to see that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be if if they're able to do that game plan, that'd be perfect. Literally, it would be the ideal situation. It would be what we want to see, and it would lead to a Bengals win for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, especially if the defense can keep Kamara down. Yeah, yeah, because I'm not that worried about Jameis if he plays, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I'm more worried about – And I like Jameis Winston. I'm a fan of Jameis Winston, but I don't know. Yeah, They don't have a very good pass attack. I don't even think it's him all the time, honestly. I think it's more their scheme and their attack. Like, if you've – like, I watched their first game of the year, the Falcons, when they won. Like, he was like – probably 12 attempts in and had like 20 yards <laughs> like passing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden throws for 350, 360 yards at the end of the game, like, and they won and came back. It's like, they don't open it up for him. And I feel like it's almost costing them games being too conservative with him. Yeah. I so said the only, the only two games like I've seen almost in full were week two against the bucks in that dreadful game. And then the London game. So I think so. I, I didn't get to see Jameis the second time, but I, against the Bucks, he just. I think you're right. I think this part of it is a new head coach who's just not quite used to the offensive stuff, um, or the offensive coordinators maybe lacking. But Jameis is better than what he's shown so far this year. Like he he's oh, a turno- yeah. he's super turnover prone, but he's a good quarterback. He's, he's really overall. not as turnover prone though. He proved last year in the eight games or whatever he played, like he proved he can be coached and learn to not make as many mistakes. He, I think he only threw like three picks last year in eight games or four picks, something crazy like that. And this year he's thrown more, but I honestly feel as if Sean Payton not being there is hurting him a lot because I feel like 
Dennis Allen's just not like trusting him to throw the ball down the field almost. And it's leading to almost more picks because when he gets the chance, he presses the button and he, he, he slings it. Yeah. Like the Bengals can't expect, like if there's a deep shot, like you can't expect Winston to miss all three like Lamar did. No. Yeah. Like he'll, he'll hit has one a of cannon. them. He'll hit one of them. Like he's yeah. just, he's, yeah, you're right. He's got a cannon. Like before he got hurt, Olave had like 180 more air yards than anybody else in the NFL through week three. Like it was mm -hmm. like Olave had like 530 or 40 some air yards through <laughs> three games. It's with, with Jameis passing, like it's, it, he had more than Cooper, like he had a lot more than Cooper cup. Like it was, it was kind of ridiculous. So <clears throat> like you said, he's not afraid to take that deep shot and he'll hit him. Like he will hit, he will hit a few of them if they're there. All right. I had to freaking fix my mic real quick. Sorry. Um, yeah, I'm with you on that. And I think Jameis, I mean, there was a reason he was the number one pick in the draft and it wasn't off of his pure intelligence. <laughs> Jameis is the number one pick in the draft off of arm talent and ability and potential. And like the dude physically is a freak. Like there haven't been many yeah. people who have a better arm than Jameis Winston. You're not going to see many people with a better arm than Jameis Winston. And I think overall yeah. that the good with him outweighs the bad overall. Yeah, I agree. Otherwise I don't think Sean Payton would have given him that chance. Like that that's where I trust the NFL decision makers are seeing something or something that I'm not like the Bucks only let him go because they had the, like Tom Brady was coming there. Like that's why the Bucks let him go. Like, yeah. The I wouldn't let Burrow go for Brady, but we saw what Jameis could do under Arians. We saw it was 30 touchdowns, 30 picks. So I could see why they were ready to move on. But I yeah, think I the think eye thing was, was a underrated. real issue that year. Yeah, I think so. I, like I, I think it actually like I don't think it was fully like an excuse. I think he legitimately couldn't see sometimes because the dude it would surprise me. Some of those were baffling. The dude would throw five touchdowns and a pick one game and look great, and then the next game one touchdown, five picks. Like it was like what? <laughs> yeah, it yeah that wouldn't surprise me at all. It really wouldn't. He was fun Just, to watch that year, though. Yeah. <laughs> he was entered. Bucks games were entertaining. Like oh, in all yeah. seriousness, Brady coming there took them to another level. Level. They weren't a horrible team that year. They went seven and nine, but they really should have been like twelve and four. But like a last second pick by Jameis lost them like four or five. Like seriously. Yeah. Like you're not their wrong. games were all so close that year. I think they had like I remember seeing it like. Uh, they had like eight games lost by one possession or less of the nine. Yeah, that. Yeah, you're. Yeah, you're not wrong. They really should have been better than they were that year. Yeah, um, they should have been to the playoffs at least. And he was fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, you didn't. Every every throw was. You were wondering if it was going to be a pick or a touchdown. Yeah, just about. <laughs> I mean, he led the league in passing. I think he was second mm -hmm. in touchdowns. Yeah. But he threw like, so many picks that he yeah. still wasn't a top five fantasy quarterback, even with all those yards yeah. and touchdowns. He he was my fantasy quarterback. I picked him up off the waiver wire, and a few weeks he put up like so many points. But then some weeks he had like two pick sixes in a game, and it was like, oh god. Yeah, it some of that stuff was rough. But um, honestly, I'd rather face Dalton than him. 
on Sunday. Yeah, I would too. Dalton fears me less. Neither of yeah. them really fear me, but Dalton definitely fears me less. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Dalton, as long as you can get Dalton down early, well, maybe I would rather play Jameson. If you can get Dalton down early, he'll, we know. Like, he's not one for big comebacks. If you can yeah. jump out like 14 to 3 or something, the game's probably a wrap. Besides that uh, Seahawks game in 2015, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. it's 2015. That one game, they were down like 21. Yeah. I remember that as a kid. I was hyped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that one. I was I was pretty excited about that one. But um that was a one-off. Unfortunately, that was an outlier. Yeah. Well, hey, they they start out 8-0. Yeah. And then I remember the comeback, was, yeah. I think it was Thursday. It was either Thursday night or Monday night football. Oh, you're talking about the comeback. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the comeback. Sorry, I thought you were talking. Uh, are you ready again to the picks for this game though? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right, you can go first. All right. Um, unfortunately, my my final score kind of depends on who the starting quarterback is. My overall prediction, it really does. Um, I'll just give a general. Um, I think the Bengals win this one. I'm going to go 21 to 17, just because the Saints defense is is good. They're not going to fall over. They're not going to roll over. Um, yeah. And I think the offense is heading in the right direction. And I think the homecoming for Burrow and Chase, like they haven't played a game in New Orleans since the since they won the title for LSU. Um, there might be as many Burrow Chase fans there as Saints fans there on Sunday, so that yeah, could play a factor. Like it, it'll be a home away. It could it could legitimately be a home away from home type game. Uh, so I think they need to jump out to an early lead. For me to have real confidence, I think they could still win like seventeen to fourteen if if they had to. And it come from behind, I could see McPherson at the gun again. Um, but ultimately, I just think that I think the gap between Burrow and whoever he's going to be facing is is big enough that the Bengals will come out of there with a W. And the defense should, if those if even one of those receivers don't play and the other two are limited like they that passing attack is going to suffer. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go 24-21, similar score to you, just point difference. I think they'll win it by a field goal. Um honestly, I think it'll be more of uh, a Bengals like 24-14 lead and then Dalton scores a late touchdown or something to cut it to three, and then the Bengals carry it out. I don't think it'll be like a last second field goal. I think the Bengals will be in control and They'll get a touchdown late. Um, my thoughts for why are just very similar to yours. I think the quarterback matchup is wildly different. Defensively, the defenses are pretty even. The Bengals have showed they have an elite defense. And the Bengals really, honestly, have been dominating on defense this year. Lamar didn't do much. Like, seriously, he yeah. really didn't. Yeah, they're top. Until top that last, those like last two drives. Yeah. And the yards thing is more so they're just a, that's their philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Break. Yeah. They allow the yards, but you got to kick a field goal. We really haven't been giving up many touchdowns. Lamar didn't look great against us. And yeah. statistically he was worse than Burrow passing the ball. Like he really didn't have a good game passing um, really or, until, or running really. Yeah, not until until the last run. yeah. Um, And I think our defense is just, going to be too much for the Saints offense. They don't have a special offense. I just don't think they'll be able to do much um, on the offensive end. For us on offense, 
I think we'll move the ball decent. I, I'm not expecting a huge day because the Saints just – they're a grinded-out team. They're not going to let us just air it out and have a crazy amount of points. I just – I don't see that happening. But maybe I could be wrong. It's an Andy Dalton-Joe Burrow 50-point shootout, and I'll be like – what? If this game goes over, I'll be surprised, but I would glad I would take it if it means the yeah. offense is back on track. Yeah, honestly, I would I would take a shootout just to see the offense be good <laughs> and see the yeah. defense struggle. I'll, Andy Dalton and the presser actually after he gets a win or something, he uh yeah. tells them they shouldn't have drafted Burrow. <laughs> they made a mistake. <laughs> Man, that'd be something. But for the record, the over-under this game is 43.5. Yeah, that's so a like, low over. We're right I'll take on the, the over, line. I yeah. guess. But you're, yeah, you're right on the line. You're on 45. I'm on like 38. Four, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm on 38. You're on like 45. Like there's this where you could see it being really, really close to that. Yeah, we both have a similar mindset in this score. We don't think it's going to be a crazy high-scoring affair. By any yeah. means, but we think the Bengals will pull it out. Obviously, our record on the season is two and freaking three. Should be our records, ours, our records, as yeah, <laughs> because we've taken the Bengals every game. Well, it's because the first two games are obvious why we picked the Bengals. Yeah, the third game, obvious why we picked them to win. Fourth game, obvious why we picked them to win. Yeah, and then the fifth game, it was like the Ravens. We thought they had the momentum, and they really could have won that game very easily once again. Yeah, just, so like it's, it's not like our picks have yeah. been that off or anything. Like they really should have won. Yeah, for everything that's gone wrong, their three losses are at the gun by the opposing kickers. Like that, they have done the. They have tried so hard to lose all three of those games. The Bengals yeah. have. <laughs> yeah, for ev that's how talented this team is, though. That's why it's frustrating. Because they've like, shot themselves in the foot so many times. Yeah, the first half against the Steelers, freaking Clark Harris tearing his biceps. Like, really? Yeah, like, how Who did, has like, that yeah, happen? Really? Who has that That was happen? so unlucky. Um, taking a quarter to settle in against Cooper Rush and then just the goal line debacle on Sunday night. Like, it, they are so freaking close to 5-0 and despite everything that's gone wrong. Yeah, exactly. Real quick, though, for all you Cowboys fans, for some reason, if you were listening to this, Cooper Rush should not be the freaking starter. Shut up with that. No, he <laughs> he literally he... just manages the game so hard, and that's just the way they should play with Dak. Yeah, but they Dak, don't. They can do all that, and then Dak can make the off-script plays when necessary. Cooper exactly. Rush can't do that. But for some reason, when Dak plays, they're like, let's throw the ball 55 times. Even though we've got... A really good Zeke and back Tony handle. Pollard, yeah, and great blocking. It makes no sense, just yeah, because the the year they were most successful, Zeke and Dak's rookie year. What did Dak do? He was the biggest game manager in the NFL. Yep, but, thirteen and three that year too. Yeah, exactly. But all of a sudden now, the last like three years, Dak has become Jameis Winston in terms of his pass attempts. Jameis Winston on the Buccaneers, he throws the ball fifty yeah. times a game. Yeah. It, yeah, Cowboys got a Cowboys got some problems brewing down there. If they really think Cooper Rush is going to be the quarterback, <laughs> they really think Cooper Rush should be the quarterback. Exactly, but that was all for episode thirteen of the All Day Cincinnati Sports Podcast. I hope you guys did enjoy. Uh, if you did, leave a like and a review down below on Apple Podcasts. Um, if you're on YouTube, do me a favor, hit the like button. 
And uh, yeah, that's all for this video. I uh, hope you guys all enjoyed the podcast, and we'll see you all in the next episode, hopefully with a Bengals win on Monday. See you guys. See ya.